Welcome to the Mason Jar Podcast. I'm Renee Mathis, and I'll be your host for this series of podcasts on mentoring moms. Whether you are a young mom in need of guidance or an older mom with wisdom to share, I hope you'll join me on this encouraging journey. Today, my guest is someone very near and dear to my own heart. It's my oldest daughter, Katie. Katie, along with her four brothers and sisters, was homeschooled, and they survived. And now Katie is herself a homeschooling mom. So we're going to talk today about what it's like to be a second-generation homeschooler and also what it's like to be a very busy young mom. Is mentoring something that has to be formalized or can it have different faces in different seasons? So Katie, I would love to brag on you and those wonderful grandchildren, but I think our listeners would like to hear you tell us a little bit about you and your family. So go ahead. Who's Katie and... Who lives under your roof with you? Well, thank you for having me. I'm married to a second-generation homeschooler, so we are both homeschool grads. We have four kids. They are 10, almost 8, almost 5, and 2. We homeschool the oldest two right now. They're in fourth and second grade. Our four-year-old will be starting kindergarten in the fall. All right. And where do y'all live? We live in Jackson, Tennessee. My husband is a mental health therapist. Uh, we've lived there for about a year now. Okay. So in, in addition to taking care of four kids, you've had a major move, which is a major life change. And, and that may be something we talk about a little bit as well. So <clears throat> one thing I found funny, you've told me that a lot of times when you tell people that you were homeschooled, there are a couple of questions that you hear a lot. And the first one, <laughs> people sometimes will ask you, do you hate your mother? <laughs> Now, as, as your mother, I don't, I, I thought, wow, you know, what did I do to make someone ask that? They don't even know me. But why do people ask you if you hate your mother? I don't know, but I think there are a lot of traumatized homeschool moms out there because this is a very common question. This is not, um, this is not just a question that people ask me specifically. If you go, if you go sit in on some of the homes, you know, they'll, they'll have the, the panels at conventions with the second homeschool grads and it's a very common question. Do you hate your mother? And what would you do differently? How do you do things differently from your mother? And I do not do everything exactly the same as you. <laughs> so, but let's clear up the first one first. Do you hate your mother? No, I don't hate you. Good, thank you. Because this is going out to a national audience. So, you know, <laughs> we are going to put everything on the table here, folks. So let me say, in, in the interest of full disclosure, I was not a perfect homeschooling mom, and um, I'm sure Katie and her four brothers and sisters could tell stories. So I'm going to admit right away to my two um, biggest, deepest, dark secrets as a homeschooling mom and, and why Katie, in all seriousness, could grow up to hate her mother, and, and that would be um, the school uniforms. <laughs> did, did I make you wear the uniforms, or was that the little kid? No, you didn't. Although, i got to be honest, I'm... I'm a big fan of reducing decision fatigue. So I do basically have a uniform in my daily life now. That's probably not the thing I would have hated you about. <laughs> I'm all about the Target t-shirts and the old Navy pixie pants. You know, just so, put on the same thing every day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the homeschool mom has a uniform. But yeah, I, I did have this bright idea of the three younger kids not having to make decisions every morning. So I bought them little school uniforms. And I think that lasted about a week. Um, and, and the other thing that Katie reminded me of the other day was the divided plastic cafeteria lunch trays. 
I don't remember why we did that other than maybe I thought they wouldn't break. And there were probably some kids in the house who didn't want their food to touch. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, right after I gave you a hard time about that, I saw some on a really good sale at Walmart. So now I serve everything on cafeteria trays because you know, they were right? just... <laughs> You seriously buy a You buy yeah, they had like they had a 24 pack for five dollars. It had it had matching cups and silverware. We like we're very structured. We have some special needs in our family. Um, we have some kids that like structure and routine. So we color code a lot of things and we bought them because all of the plates and dishes were color coded and it had their colors in the package. So I think that is a brilliant idea. Uh, there you go. There you go. All right. Um, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uniforms and cafeteria trays are the secret <laughs> to your <laughs> peace and prosperity. Um, so tell us a little bit about what your homeschool looks like. I mean, well, you know, it definitely has its seasons. Okay. And this last year, uh, it, it looked, you know, it looked a particular way. And I think it's going to look different again in the fall. But again, as I said, we have some special needs. So we're pretty we're, we're pretty structured, I think, more than other families might be. Um, and we have a set, we do school from 9.30 to 1.30. And it's, it's four hours because we have, in Tennessee, we have a state requirement. You have to homeschool for a minimum of four hours a day. So uh, we start out with this, well, this last year, we started out with morning time. And uh, we were combining almost every subject because I just had the fourth and the second grader, Gareth and Emmeline. And they're, they're so close in age, they've done almost everything exactly at the same time. So we would spend about two hours reading aloud, and then the rest of the time would be spent on table work and individual subjects. This coming year, we're adding a kindergartner into the mix. She is not going to sit and read aloud for two hours. And <laughs> Emmeline's going to be in fifth grade, so she needs to start doing more of her reading on her own. So I think it's going to be a lot more... Dividing my time between the kindergartner and the second grader while the fifth grader does her own thing um, and, and maybe 30 minutes of read aloud time together while the toddler naps. So he also switched his nap, decided he didn't want to nap in the morning during school anymore. He wanted to take his nap in the afternoon. So we have switched from 9.30 to 1.30 to 11 to 3-ish <laughs> so that we can do school while he's sleeping and not doing horrible things in the kitchen. <laughs> There you go. Well, or you can just post adorable videos of him dancing around the living room and that, that, that will work too. Um, he knows he's the baby, doesn't he? Yes, he does. That's his favorite way to disrupt the school hours is to scream, I'm the baby over and over at the top of his lungs until we have to set down our books and pay attention to him. So okay, there we go. all mutually agreed that we would rather do school while he's napping. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're juggling uh, some, you know, kids who are getting closer to being a little more independent and, and the toddler who's disruptive. And mm -hmm. now you're adding a third one into the mix uh, right. this coming fall. And wow. So you're busy, very, yes. very busy. So when you hear the word mentor, because that is what we're talking about today, what do you think of? I mean, someone in your season of life, when you hear that word mentor, what comes to mind? You know, I think that we have this, misconception a lot of times that a mentor is kind of this mystical Yoda-like figure that um, is there to solve all of our problems for us. And we're going to go over to their house 10 times a week for tea and scones while they answer all of our life's mysteries and just pour into us. And I, I mean, 
would that that would be amazing if we could all have one of those. But we don't really have the time, and oftentimes you find yourself moving, or you know, you're in a in a disruptive season of life where you you can't you can't always leave the house to go to the park days or the book studies. Unfortunately, that's just the reality of small kids. Sometimes you just have to make peace with the fact that you're in a season of life where it's difficult to get out to the grocery store, much less have an uninterrupted conversation in the middle of a busy park while you're also keeping track of toddlers who have no bound, no sense of boundaries and just, you know, go running off everywhere. So when I think of the word mentor, I ask myself, who is the person in the room, whether it's a literal room or a metaphorical room, who is smarter than me and wiser than me and maybe has older kids and is willing to come alongside me in some form or fashion and share their life experience. And that can be, you know, hey, I'm going to grab you at the convention and ask a bunch of questions while I have your ear and just, you know, connect with you for the 15 minutes that I've got your attention. You know, let's have a chat that way. Sometimes it can be reaching out and finding, connecting with people online and, you know, giving and sharing advice that way. Yeah, th- those those are great ideas. I'm still so, smiling at your, your Yoda serving tea and scones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all wish you would give those sound advice, a few little lightsaber tools to help us get but but I think you highlighted some some real common characteristics of what we look for. Like you said, someone is a little farther down the road than we are. Someone who could have the time to answer some questions, um, right? And and that we could go to. And and sometimes you have to go out of your way, or you have to make that effort to find that person, um, right? I like what you said, but I know you and Josh recently went to a homeschool convention out of town and you got to leave the kids with the other grandparents and, and, you know, just browse the exhibit hall. And, and I like that you were brave enough and, and said what you just did, you know, here, can you just spend a couple of minutes with me and can I pick your brain? I mean, that's what the people are there for, obviously. Absolutely. And, um, and, you know, that brings up with, you mentioned the homeschool convention that brings up another point, which is, I think, we really have a gift in this day and age with every, you know, high speed internet. I mean, when you started homeschooling, dial up didn't even exist. No. <laughs> so much less podcasts that you can listen to on your phone. And some of these women like Pam Barnhill and Sarah McKenzie and Colleen Kessler, uh, you know, are founts of wisdom and we can listen to them in our car while we're driving our kids to the soccer practice. I think that counts. Um, sure. And I think it's great that they have a platform that they can encourage moms like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, you know, back in, back in the day when, you know, we were getting started, um, it was a group of moms on Tuesday morning at ballet and we brought in whatever catalog had come in the mail that week and poured over it together yeah. and tried to figure out what curriculum that was and what it looked like. And, you know, and then we, We'd go get happy meals and let y'all play on the playground. So you're right. It, it, things have, have really come a long way since <laughs> then. And, and then you also mentioned online friends and, and things like that online that you can ask for advice. What, what are the pros and cons of, of finding mentors in an online environment? I mean, it's not the same as having somebody over to your home. There is definitely something to, to be said for just doing life with someone. But at the same time, it can be easier to find your people mm-hmm. online. 
you're not always living in an area where there necessarily are a lot of homeschoolers. And if you're if you're a homeschool mom who also works at the same time, that's an even narrower group of people. Mm-hmm. And you can find people who understand what you're going through and just you know, connect with them and get advice from people who have the same the same distractions, I guess you could say, that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to go back to the example of listening of podcasts, if I listen to a home organization podcast by somebody who puts who has all of her kids in public school and her advice for, for me to get my house clean is to drop the kids off at school and then, you know, deep clean while there's no distractions, that's not really going to help me in my particular walk of life because I have a lot more distractions than she has. So I want advice from for, for house cleaning and home management from somebody who's a homeschool mom who gets that it's a different set of needs. Right, right. So, so the advantage, it's convenient. Um, there's a big, big wide world out there to choose from. You can find people that are closer to your situation. Um, do you think there are any downsides to this, though, that we need to be aware of? Well, we risk... How do I say this? When there's no face-to-face conversation, people tend to forget about their filter, things that you would not normally say in a mixed group. We forget that we're talking to real people. Um, and whether we overshare or um, we, you know, we all know about cyberbullying and trolling and just being unkind because you forget that you're talking to, to, to real people picking fights that you wouldn't normally pick in the middle of a church potluck. You know, we feel, we feel like it's safer to, to, to pick them. We can pick it online. Yeah. So yes, yeah, someone who's, you know, like, like you, and you said you're, you're very busy and you've moved locations. So from a pretty big city with a lot of homeschoolers to a smaller, I guess you'd say a, a smaller city. What does that look like? How how do you find mentors? I'm just curious. Is that something you you think about, or you know, where where does a homeschool mom go, especially when you're in a brand new place? How do, what does that look like for you? No, I, and we haven't been here that long, so it's hard to answer for this particular place. But I will say, in Nashville, one of the ways I found mentors was our the local Charlotte Mason group. And it was a park day and a book study. Mm-hmm. And it was just really a blessing to, to be in a room with women who were smarter and wiser, but also we were kind of learning as we went along and we were all learning from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that's, my, that's my, my favorite way to find mentors is to start a book study if you can. There you go. What were some of the books that y'all read together? What, what, what kind of a book helps create that community and that, that cohesive group? Well, uh, we have a Charlotte Mason style homeschool in our home, so I'm a little biased, but we did Brandy Vensel's Start Here study, uh, which is a study that she wrote, which got, covers all of Charlotte Mason's volume six, as well as For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer McCauley. Mm-hmm. And it is a fabulous fabulous resource if that's something that you want to get a group of friends together and learn more about Charlotte Mason's philosophy of education. I just cannot recommend it enough. She also has one now about volume one, which I haven't looked at, but I'm really curious about because the one for start here was so good. 
Right. So, so finding a, finding a group of people that that can meet together and you have something in common, um, and then I would think that that would create a culture and an environment where where mentoring relationships would kind of naturally and organically start to blossom. Yes, and as you are discussing, I mean, Charlotte Mason's twenty principles are so practical. You can't help but. This, in discussing them, discuss the real life struggles that you're all having with your kids in your homeschool. And what is, okay, we, you know, we believe children are born persons, but how does that look? How does that affect the way we buy curriculum? Or, you know, when it comes to habits, how, do, how are you, how are you teaching your kids habits in, in your house? And yeah, it, it, you just, you sit around the table and you, you have a, you have some coffee and a, and a dessert and, there's just something about sitting at a table together that just people just open up. And the best advice I got from uh, my friend Robin, who I would consider one of my mentors, was just read to them. It will be okay. Just read to them. <laughs> <laughs> I still repeat that to myself on a weekly basis. It will be okay. Just read to them. <laughs> right, right. And that's a, that's a great reminder. A, a good mentor knows how to see you and, you know, this podcast is not just for moms like Katie or in the trenches, but moms like me who would like to to be an encouragement to these younger women and um, who've been there, who've been down that road ourselves. Um, just to remind them of some basic, simple truths. And it sounds like that's one that really, really hit home with you. Just read to them. It's going to be <laughs> just read to them. Yeah. <laughs> Another one when I was, uh, you know, some of my favorite advice for dealing with girl drama. Or, it was you can't get sucked in, and I think my response is, "Well, I know, but and her and the her answer was, "Yes, I know, but you can't get sucked in. You cannot get sucked in." So now we have a ten year old, so I yeah. I I'll repeat that to myself on a daily basis. You cannot get sucked in. Don't get sucked in. <laughs> That's a lot, probably a lot better than my advice for drama with three girls, which is just go talk to your father. <laughs> <laughs> You admit, Dad did have a really good way of dealing with you and peeling you <laughs> off the ceiling when I could not. <laughs> well, and then of course, one time Kyle was said, "Hey, did you ever notice that when Dad talks to you, he uh, he does? I can't remember what it was. He does this a lot." And then that was all I could think about, and it was in the middle of a very serious conversation, and I burst out laughing, and I got in trouble. And it was okay, Kyle. so I can't see what you just did. <laughs> What does dad do? I think it was like he repeats himself a lot or something. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I remember it was the fact that Kyle pointed it out. It was all I could think about. And then I got in trouble for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to uh, thank him for that later. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this, right? <laughs> oh, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> So who are some of your, your mentors? Who would you name as some of your mentors that have really been an encouragement to you? I would say Cindy Rollins and Sally Clarkson. I love her books and her podcast. She's very encouraging. I love Pam Barnhill's resources. Uh, again, the, the ladies in the, Charlotte Mason in Nashville, those ladies. I had the opportunity to connect with some other Ambleside online moms that I kind of knew through online and because we did AO together, um, but had never met them until I met, until I went to the conference at the beginning of April and en enjoyed connecting with Don Garrett and Jamie Marstall. And I would consider them mentors, um, mm -hmm. even though we have met, you know, maybe twice in person, 
they have, it goes back to, they have kids older than mine and they have more experience and they're willing to listen and answer my questions. So sometimes that's all it takes. <laughs> but that's so important. And that, that's, yeah. we, we need to hear that. That's just an answer questions, be a listening ear, um, just be a little bit farther down the road. And uh, yeah, I would listen and be encouraging. And if some, I mean, I'd say as a young mom, I do want your advice. Um, I, I tend to ask for it when I want it, but when I ask for it, I, I appreciate it and you know, love to hear you know to hear gracious, encouraging wisdom from more experienced mamas. What would you say is um, one of the some things that are not encouraging? Uh, I, unsolicited advice can feel like criticism, so you have to be careful. Okay. Um, sometimes, sometimes in the moment, it's best just to say, I'm sorry, that's really difficult, rather than try to fix it. You know, it's, it's not always wise to fix it right away. Again, because sometimes people just need to vent. And if you start offering advice, it feels like, it can feel like criticism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's good for, for me to hear as well. And again, for, for moms like, like me that maybe you graduated your kids or, you know, you're not really in the homeschooling trenches yourself anymore. One thing that has been a real encouragement for me as a mom is to see Katie connecting with, with some of my friends, but also making her own friends and her own, finding her own mentors. And, you know, it's kind of like the Titus 2 model that we see in scripture that the older women are supposed to teach the younger. I don't have to be the only one that, that speaks into my daughter's life. And it's a real joy to see other women doing that. And so I, w- I would encourage, you know, all of us that have adult kids to pray for those, pray for those voices and pray for those, those wise mentors that will speak into the lives of your children. Because it, it is a real joy to see God provide that. Do you see yourself mentoring anyone right now? Well, we live in a college town, so the ground is always ripe for harvest when it comes to people who are looking for life advice. Um, so we have had um, we have had a few college students. We we found ourselves between churches for some very various reasons that I won't get into, but we're we're kind of we feel in the, we live in the south, and so in the you know, Bible Belt culture, our relationships tend to very much revolve around where we go to church. And when you switch churches, it's kind of like being in a, being in a new town all over again in some ways. So that's that's kind of made this year a bit unique. But we have had some college students over to our house and just had had coffee and and listened to them while they talked about what they were struggling with in school. And again, I think our advice was similar to the advice that I got from Robin when I was struggling with homeschooling my little kids was it'll be okay. Like, yes, you're, you're going to graduate and you have no idea what you're going to do with your life, but it will be okay. Just do the next thing, pass the next test. At some point, learn how to change your brake pads or, you know, replace the windshield wipers on your car. Eventually, but it'll be okay. Do you know how to change your windshield wipers? No. Um, but I've also never lived alone. I got married in my junior year. I should I should I know how to change my windshield wipers? Yes, I should. Um, 
And I, I do not know how to do a lot of things because I am lazy and let my husband do them for no, me. I don't, I don't know how to do them either. I was, was going to be really impressed if you knew how to change the windshield. They, they slide off. I know that. I don't know how they slide off, but I know that there's some sliding involved. <laughs> so this is, this is a, good, a good topic here. So what, what advice would, you know, as you're looking at these college students, you and Josh met in college and you, you got married your junior year. What, what advice would you give junior year, Katie? Oh, gosh. Uh, be nicer. I think, you know, when we uh, we moved back to the town where we went to college and we had been gone for 10 years and then moved back. And I remember uh, walking through our, the campus and I was a theater major and walking through and looking at the pictures of on the wall of the plays I had been in and thinking it was only four. I was only in four plays because at the time it felt like life or death and this huge thing. And then in the grand scheme of the past 12 years, it was only four performances. Um, and so I think that when you're in the college bubble, everything feels like a bigger deal than it is. And, you know, everybody feels that way. And so just take a deep breath and relax. And test scores are not the end of the world. I mean, pass your classes, but when it comes down to it, the relationships you build, I, I would say, are more important than getting perfect A's in every class. That's great advice. That really is. And y'all, Katie is a, was a theater major, but also an English major. And so I'm going to brag on you a bit. She uh, does part-time editing work on a contract basis. So not only are you teaching your four kids, but there are times when I know you have an editing contract and you're busy doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we turn on Curiosity Stream and PBS Kids and tell the kids to find something educational to watch because mommy's got to work. <laughs> That's real life, though. That, that, is, that is real life. So, you know, because I like to, I'm an English teacher as well, I'm going to always ask my friends this and future guests on the podcast, so consider yourself warned. Who are some of your literary mentors? Who, who are your guides that you look to? I, I know you mentioned Charlotte Mason and you mentioned Susan Schaefer Macaulay, but any other books or, that come to mind with um, some really good mentoring relationships or, or good advice? I love this question. Uh, I think that when it comes to people love to ask the question, what book changed your life? And I kind of, I get frustrated with that question because I think, well, it can't just be one book. Like, I mean, you know, for different seasons of life, there's always, there's different books, but it's not always, for me, some of the books that changed my life or mentored me, if you will, not necessarily the ones you would think of. A couple of books I read in high school come to mind. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien and I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. They were the first books I read that didn't have neat, tidy endings. And it was like, I, I loved the books and I just couldn't put my finger on why I loved them. And my mind just had to wrestle with some of the themes in those books for a while. And I think that, you know, it's not, it's not always the book that you expect. It's the one that you it's like a piece of gristle and you just got to chew it for a while until you figure out what it was that you needed to learn from that book. Uh, so those, those are a couple of mine. And then for par uh, as far as parenting, Give Them Grace by Elise Fitzpatrick is so good. And my favorite line from that book, which this, this is a paraphrase, not a direct quote, but essentially what she said was King David had a son who tried to kill him and Josiah 
King Josiah was the God, one of the godliest kings in the Old Testament, and his father was one of the wickedest kings. So he, she said, it is not always good parenting in, good kids out. It's not a math equation, which uh, was, you know, as a, at that point I had, I think, a two-year-old and that was it. So that, that was, you know, just formational for me as a mom and, you know, as, as, especially as a recovering perfectionist, and I will always be a recovering perfectionist, but to know that it wasn't something that I could just do perfectly and magically everything was going to be okay. So that's a, that's a, Mm -hmm. that's I think the only parenting book that I, one of the only parenting books that I recommend. Okay. And and of course, Mere Motherhood is the other one. (laughs) That that is good advice. Yeah. There are a lot of things in our life that we can control and that how our kids are going to turn out is not one of them that, God is faithful and I trust that he loves y'all more than I do. And so it's a, it's a walk of faith. That's for sure. That's interesting. What you said about the books, not having neat and tidy endings and, and giving you something to wrestle with, because I think that any good mentor is there kind of to walk alongside us while we wrestle with things. Right. And a good mentor knows when to step back and, and let those hard things kind of percolate or, um, you know, like you said, not not necessarily there to fix everything. Right. Yeah. Not there to to make it all work out and, and, and be wonderful. But um, there is an adversity there that does produce virtue. And or, if, you know, if you want to look at it, in the, as, according to the Bible, God is sanctifying us by the hardships and the trials that he gives us. Um, and that's a good reminder. Life doesn't have tidy endings either. That's interesting. I would not have picked you picked those two books for you to, to mention, but now I'm going to have to go go look. Well, for and them. I, you know, I think it, you know, it brings to mind the the concept that Charlotte Mason has of connections and letting the mind do the work. And you don't always know which connections you're going to make, and sometimes you don't make them for several years, and you go, oh, this is why, this is why I struggled with that. This is why I couldn't just couldn't quite figure out why that book ended the way it did. This is why I, you know, randomly loved a book about the Vietnam War when I, you know, at 15 or 16 only wanted to read romance novels. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. Any other, uh, let's see, resources? You've mentioned some some good podcasts and some good books, and I'll try to, to get those linked up. Anything else you'd like to say? Any words of encouragement for your your fellow young homeschooling moms? Uh, It will be okay. (laughs) (laughs) And just read to them. (laughs) Just read to them. (laughs) Okay, y'all, audience, I have to tell you this. Katie, Katie and I are doing this on a video classroom so that we can see each other, only she's sitting in her car because that was the only place where she thought the kids wouldn't bother her. And now it's dark. Very well. It's pretty funny. I've been watching the sun go down behind you. We live in a small house. We downsized when we moved. So we, we have a family of six and about 1,800 square feet. And it's wonderful when you go to clean it in the morning because you can get it clean really quickly. But then when you need peace and quiet, you, you're not going to find it inside anywhere. <laughs> and there's another lesson for, for busy moms. You got to find your quiet place and you have to be creative. <laughs> right. Sometimes you have to be very creative. Oh, goodness. Um, 
Well, but Katie, I want to thank you for, for being on here and, and for sharing. And I have to say, it's been fun to, to be your mom and, and to watch you both follow in my footsteps, but also blazing your own trail. And that's been a real delight. And I just pray the Lord continues to bless y'all. So thanks for being here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it.